Welcome to Who Are You? The Life Lessons of Sports with your host, Rob Elwood. Join us as we open the door and take an unforgettable journey to unlock the full power of sports on and off the field. Listen to personal stories and reflections from incredible leaders who are sure to move and inspire you. So listen and enjoy another episode of Who Are You? The Life Lessons of Sports. For me, I always like to keep everything in perspective. Um, I mean, triathlon and sports, I mean, this is just part of who I am, but it's not completely who I am. So, I mean, if I fall short of my goals, it's okay. I mean, I have, most importantly, my family and friends. And, I mean, I think there's a journey in life that, you know, we're, we don't know the path, exactly where our path's going to go. But, you know, and at the time, we don't know the reason that this path took us. But I feel like a few years down the line, you're like, oh, okay, I can see why, uh, you know, somehow I was led down this path and, and things make more sense. So um, I always try to remind myself that if things are really rough at that point in time, you have to keep in mind the big picture and know that there's a reason. Okay, Who Are You Nation? I am extremely honored to introduce our special guest today, Sarah Haskins. Sarah, are you ready to put your game face on and join our team? I am. Nice. Well, let's get... Yeah, love it, love it. Let's get started. Sarah, please introduce yourself to all those out there who may not know who you are and let us know what you're up to these days. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be on the show. Um, I am a professional triathlete. I've been racing for 10 years now, so I've got a lot of experience under my belt, and um, I plan on racing a few more years, and um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, great. And you are currently living where, Sarah? I'm currently in Missouri. I split my time between Florida, Claremont, Florida in the winter and St. Louis, Missouri in the summer. Great. And is that for training purposes or more just uh, other reasons, I should say? Yeah, mostly training purposes. Florida is a great place to be in the wintertime. I mean, who can't beat getting to be outside in the 70 degrees when it's freezing cold and snowy everywhere else? And for my sport, it really helps to be outside. So, that's definitely for training purposes. There's a lot of races that I do in the springtime in Florida, so I don't have to hop on a plane. I can drive to my races. And in the past, I've trained in Colorado in the summer, which is beautiful, but now I have a baby girl, and um, it's really nice to be by family and to be able to have, you know, when I'm traveling to races, have family be close by. Always. Well, congratulations on the baby girl, of course, and I'm sure she will be there cheering, if not already, giving you a little cheer as you cross the finish line here as you continue your journey. So a decade, that is a long time to be racing and cannot wait to learn from you and your journeys. But before we get started, Sarah, do you mind providing us with an inspirational or motivational quote and how it's applied to you and your journey so far? Sure. There's a couple quotes, I think, that have stuck by me throughout my career. There's one that sticks in my mind, and it was at the Olympic Training Center. I have trained there in Colorado Springs um, off and on for about eight years, and over um, the hot tub and the cold pool used for recovery when you do contrast, there's a quote that says, talent is common, but disciplined talent is rare. And that just kind of sticks in my head just to really think about that you know, just, you know, anyone can have a talent or or have something that, you know, they love to do, but it's a whole nother, um, 
mental skill set to really stick to that dedication, and that's what really separates um, success, I believe, as far as you know, getting getting those wins and, and repeating and, and staying on top of your game. Yeah, it's a great quote, and love the fact that it, all, all these signs and messages seem to be in locker rooms or in training rooms or, uh, of course, recovery rooms where we're just sitting there and staring at them, which is perfect. <laughs> and that is such an applicable one because on this show, we talk a lot about, in fact, other people will bring this up, that, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that have the same talents, but do they have the mental discipline? to go ahead and continue this day in and day out to achieve uh, all that you have and others have achieved. So I really like that. The discipline is huge. Now, have you found yourself at times, uh, with this quote being so applicable, have you found yourself in those moments of, I really have to maintain discipline here at this point in my career or at this time of my season just to, to get that little extra boost? Or is this just been a mantra that you followed consistently throughout your whole life? This has just happened to be one that I saw um, probably about four years ago, and um, it really just kind of struck me because, you know, there's times that you see talent, and wow, you think, you know, if that person had the mental skill set too, who knows where that person would go. So it's just, it's just kind of the right combination of the two. Um, and I have an, on my website um, another quote, Think Do Achieve, and that's kind of something that since I've started the sport, I live by as far as thinking, thinking about your goals, doing, going forth and working towards those goals, and then the achievement process, actually achieving those goals and repeating that cycle. Um, so those are kind of the two, um, that's, I mean, that's another quote that I pretty much have stuck with since I've started training and started this process and started this journey. And there's definitely times um, as far as you know, discipline, talent, making sure um, I really stay dedicated in my work. When I am really fatigued and in a really hard training block, it does get mentally tough. Um, when I'm tired, it's hard to get up and to, you know, go to some practice and hit those goal times. Or, you know, I mean, there's times where you just would rather, you know, <laughs> take a nap, but... Um, you know, I've really learned the art of recovery and the art of training and knowing when to keep pushing your body to that brink and when to kind of back off and recover. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm looking at your website now, sarahhaskins.com, and I'm seeing one of those moments, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, when you're crossing the Chicago Marathon finish line. <laughs> There's, there looks like a picture of, thank goodness, this is now done. <laughs> but every other picture on here is beautiful. What a great website, by the way. I love the triathlete, comma, Olympian, and mom. Perfect. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Well, thanks for sharing that. Now, could you do us a favor, Sarah? Take us back to where it all started when you're growing up. And we'll just settle in around those 12, 13-year-old days and years. What was it like growing up if we were to take you into the neighborhood back to school, and just inside with the family. Could you paint that picture for us? Sure. Oh, gosh, back to 13. So <laughs> right around seventh grade, that love, those lovely um, junior high years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was um, a very um, hard, you know, I, I say hardworking girl. I, I didn't like to miss school. I didn't like to miss some practice. Um, so I was one that... My parents didn't have to push me. Um, I pushed myself. I'd say, if anything, 
they would probably have to hold me back more than anything as far as, you know, if I wasn't feeling good, I still would want to go to practice. And if I had a fever, you know, they would have to tell me, no, Sarah, you know, you need to stay home and rest. Um, but back in those days, let's see, I mean, I was focused in school. School was always, although I was heavily involved in sports, school was always my first priority. I worked really hard to uh, maintain good grades and, um, and then I also was very involved when I was 13 in swimming. I moved up to a national team level in um, Parkway Swim Club here in St. Louis, Missouri, and it was very rigorous. Um, by eighth grade, we were going to practice before school and after school um, three times a week, and then it was every night after school, so it was about 11 some practice a week, practices a week. So I spent a lot of time looking at that black line on the bottom of the pool <laughs> yep. and smelling like chlorine. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I swam a little bit in high school and up till that point. I know exactly what you're talking about. I swear yeah. it changed my hair color a little bit too, but uh, maybe for the better now that I'm getting older. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it. there's definitely that smell. There's definitely that swimmer's smell. So oh, yeah. good stuff. Now, did you participate in any other sports outside the pool? Um, I did when I, in the summers I played tennis, um, just some like a, a, like a fun recreational team. Um, and I uh, went alongside with my summer club. I did, I swam on a year round, um, club team, but then I also swam on a summer league swim team. And let's see at 13, that was about it. Swimming was taking up a lot of time. I did a little bit of running and, um, in junior high, it was just after school activities. Um, I think it was in the fall, a couple days after school, participated in that. When I was younger, younger in elementary school, I did a little bit of gymnastics, but I got to a point in about fifth grade where I was moving up a level in gymnastics where I was going to be having to go five days a week and moving up a level in swimming where I was going to have to go five days a week. And for fifth grade, it kind of got to the point where I had to pick one or the other. And I didn't want to stop gymnastics, but I remember my dad kind of chose the swimming for me. So thank goodness he did, because yeah. the swimming's taken me a lot farther than the gym, I think the gymnastics would have. But um, needless to say, I was pretty stubborn back then and upset, but it all worked out for the best. It sure did. I could tell. Now, question for you. I was Interestingly enough, recently we interviewed uh, the author, David Epstein, from the sports gene, and we were talking about the the specific, you know, specific, uh, sorry, we were speaking about uh, specifically p- uh, playing or participating in one sport as opposed to being a multi-sport athlete. And what came up in his findings uh, as an author and scientific findings, um, which of course is up for debate, is how important it is to maybe perform and participate in multiple sports. However, there is that caveat between uh, multiple sports, team sports, and then he took out the exception of swimming. And I'm not taking and putting words into his mouth, but swimming as well as gymnastics. It's interesting you say that and that you then were also faced with kind of that choice at that time, given your environment. Why do you think that is? Why does it have to be a choice at that age? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think for me, um, it was just a time you know, situation um, I was in the fifth grade, so I'm sure I was starting to get homework. I was the oldest of four children, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that it got to be where my parents 
they couldn't take everyone everywhere. I'm sure it was if we all were in swimming, it was easier too. <laughs> you had a I relay think, team too at that point. <laughs> exactly. And I think it just got to the point. I think, um, you know, I was starting to progress and move up. I think right around 11 or 12, you start to excel a little bit more in your sport and the demands of the sport are going, you know, more times a week. And um, realistically, I think, um, I, I mean, I think it's very important not to um, individualize in one sport at a young age. I definitely agree with that. Um, but I think with sports like swimming and gymnastics, both those sports demand a lot of time at an early age. Mm. Typically, um, what you'll find in some of the, the club teams in, in all the cities in the U.S. And um, so I think for me, it just came to a point that, that you know, I couldn't continue both those sports and excel um, at each of them if I continued both. Yep. But if I pick one, I think I would be able to excel quicker on that on that path yeah no and it's a great answer and i know it's not a scientific one at all but it seemed to make sense and um, a lot of people have been faced with that decision of course and like you said worked out for the best so as we move on in your journey did you have a job uh let's say it was either before or in high school if so do you recall what it was and reflecting back on it what you learned from it <laughs> that's a good question as well um <laughs> because uh, it makes me laugh because my my father, he owns his own business, um, a lawn care service and a cleaning service. Okay. So, fun jobs. <laughs> yes, yes, especially for so, daughters of fathers who own businesses. Yeah, yep. So, um, I remember I just starting in about fifth or sixth grade, just one day a week, my dad would just kind of drop me off in the weed bed and I'd just pull weeds for like five or six hours and pull like trash bags full of weeds. Um, at the the flower beds, and he had said, oh, this will cover the cost of the swimming trips. So that was kind of where it started. And I did that every summer um, until I got a little bit older. I'd say about 13 or 14, um, I would start, instead of pulling flower or weeds out of the flower beds, I'd start push mowing. And at the same place, once a week, I would probably spend six or eight hours push mowing all day after some practice in the summers. And then, um, you know, that's pretty much, you know, like I got pretty involved in swimming. So in high school, um, but when I was 18, that summer that I graduated high school and was about to begin college, that was kind of one summer that I worked full time for the lawn company and the cleaning crew. So maybe one day a week I'd go out with the cleaning crew, clean display homes, and then the other four days a week um, it was a lot of time spent cutting grass. Wow. So you were busy. (laughs) (laughs) Busy. Lots of of memories driving around in the the, uh, lawn truck with the windows down and grass all over us and so, yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 a good, vivid picture, and I love, of course, the entrepreneurial spirit of your father saying, "This is this is how we pay for some of those trips, there, daughter." <laughs> uh, yep. It's yep. great, though. It, it teaches you the value of money, and hey, it is something that you have these hard skills even today. I'm sure. Now, I'm, I'm guessing either you went with a huge lawn if it was your choice, or no lawn at all after having your dad be in that business. <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. Well, it's funny how it's worked out because um, since we travel so much and we have two home locations, um, well, in the past with Colorado, we ended up, we, we live in a townhome community where 
um, all of your yard work is included. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm laughing because we don't have any, um, you know, so to speak, just partly because we travel so much. Yeah. It's hard to take care of that. But I'm sure eventually um, down the line in a few years, once, you know, our daughter gets a little bit older, I'm sure she'll want a yard and we'll, we'll, well, we will have to start cutting our own. Of course, staff. I could see you and your husband just arm wrestling over the lawnmower as we speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. and plus, I mean, with all the training, I guess that's another workout. Yeah, sure is, sure is. Well, thanks for reflecting back and sharing those moments with us. Now, you swam in college, correct? Actually, I ran in college. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so walk us through that process. You're in high school. You're looking towards that next level, athletically, academically. What was that decision process like, and how did you end up where you ended up, and how did you end up running and not swimming? Yeah, well, swimming was my main sport, I would say, in high school. I started running in high school as well, and I ended up, um, I won state my junior year, and that was kind of like a turning point. Um, I as far as college, looking at college scholarships, like I said, being the oldest of four children, my parents were very excited about the opportunity of, of a scholarship. And my senior year, I had an offer from the University of Tulsa for um, a full scholarship. So that was that was kind of a done deal. Um, and you know, looking back, I mean, I was very happy with with um, going to University of Tulsa. It was an awesome experience. Um, at the time, senior year, you know, I wasn't really sure. If, if that's what I wanted, I mean, I still love swimming, and there were schools that I was looking at where I was going to swim and run. Mm-hmm. However, now looking back, I think it was the best decision I decided just to only run in college because that was the first time that I could just focus on running and really develop that skill set. In high school, you know, doing both, I was focusing more on the swimming and never really got to develop the running. And at the same time, I had done so much swimming. My swimming had almost plateaued a little bit towards the end of my high school career. And um, I think it was nice for me to have that mental break from swimming in college. And then not looking back full circle, when I started triathlon, I kind of had that break from swimming. So swimming was new and refreshing to me. And then I also developed that running background, which I could take forward in triathlon. So, you know, things always seem to work out. (laughs) Yeah, always. That's neat. And that's neat that you were able to kind of piece it all together here as you continue your journey. So four years of running and positive experience all the way around. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, when I think about college, I mean, yes, I was running and, you know, worked hard, but I think... More than that, it was just, um, I think it's like a life builder, those college years, and just the first time being away from home and really establishing a core group of friends. And, I mean, I'm still friends with, you know, those individuals today. And um, it was just like just as far as, you know, getting an education, um, building those relationships with friends and um, just really having a great time and learning about myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So you come out of college. Did you know you wanted to continue to compete? Was there an opportunity sitting there waiting for you or did you have to create that? And the reason I ask is some people come right out of college and are competing. Some are right back in the office. Well, not right back, but go right into the office world and all of a sudden they just kind of get antsy and say, man, I got to try something else here. And, and then it pops. When did it click? 
Well, when I graduated, I knew I wanted to keep staying active and and competing just for fun. I mean, because I had been competing my whole life. I didn't want to stop that aspect. And I thought about doing triathlon because it had my two passions combined in one. So I mentioned to my family and my sister always, you know, she, she told me, let's see, I graduated at the beginning of May and she told me shortly thereafter I did my last race in maybe mid-May and she um, signed me up for triathlon. That was early June. So um, I took about a week off running and um, I remember I was still down in Tulsa, Oklahoma and went out for a run and my friends were like, you're done running. What are you doing? I said, oh no, I'm doing a triathlon. And everyone kind of thought I was a little crazy. But um, when I did that race, I'd only been biking for a couple weeks. Um, but I really, I mean, I loved it. I wanted to you know, keep going. Um, I kind of thought in the back of my mind that this was something that could take me far. Obviously, I mean, I had no idea kind of, I had no idea that I'd be where I am today, but it was just something I wanted to try and test out. And at the same time, my degree was in elementary education. So I also, that summer was getting ready to to start working. I, I moved back to St. Louis and I worked for a year in elementary school. Oh, wow. That's neat. That's great. And so here you are, you begin the process of entering triathlons and to fast forward a little bit here, all of a sudden, it's not all of a sudden, I'm sure, uh, while you were experiencing it, but on paper, all of a sudden, you're staring at uh, the, the 08 Olympics. It's coming up. What, what is the process, if you don't mind walking us through, when you start to set your sights on the Olympic Games? Uh, everybody, of course, knows it happens, Beijing, in your case, 08. But when did that process begin? How long is that journey? And when was the moment that you knew you're going to be heading over to Beijing. If you could walk us through all of that, I know that's a big question there, but really love to hear it from your mouth. Yeah. Um, well, I was invited to the Olympic Training Center in 2004, so that next year that I, after I graduated and competed in triathlons this summer in St. Louis. So um, when I right when I got there, I mean, you're kind of living, eating, breathing the Olympics and triathlon. I mean, there's athletes there from all different sports, and everyone there has the same goal and um the great thing about the Olympic Training Center is you can live there and you can eat there and you have cooks and amazing food and you can train and not have to worry about any expenses. Hmm. And that, I think, really having the opportunity to go there really accelerated my career because in triathlon, it's very, very, um, takes a lot of time with training for three sports and trying to have a job on top of training makes it really hard to just get your body to that next level. Right. So I really um, appreciate that opportunity that I had at the Olympic Training Center. And um, as far as, I mean, the Olympics pretty quickly came my main focus. And um, I did not qualify officially until, gosh, it was June of 2008. Oh, wow. So it was only a couple months before, but I had been accumulating points and, you know, doing some trials races prior to that. So it was clo- It was like I was really, really close, but didn't have the official qualification until June. So um, from that point on, it was just, you know, train and focus, and the games were there before you knew it. Yeah, wow, that's it's exciting. And thanks for filling us in a little bit on behind the scenes there of what happens in the Olympic Training Center. I did not know that. So it allows you to focus and really get your mindset. And why not? If that is where you're heading or at least trying to head, 
got to put ourselves in the best position there. So what else did you learn from that experience uh, other than the fact that you're training and 24-7, at least uh, from many people's perspective, maybe that's where the mind should be. Uh, any other things that you took away from that experience as opposed to just athletically from being in the Olympic Training Center? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've met just brilliant, great people. Um, I learned, you know, I had been training and competing my whole life, but I never really knew, like, the art of recovery and how hard you could actually push your body. Because, I mean, there was times that, you know, my body was right on the edge and just kind of learning, wow, that's too much for my body or, you know, I need to do this for recovery or I need to, I learned a lot about nutrition, um, a lot about strength training, a lot about certain exercises to help those muscle imbalances, just all, um, and I'm still learning. I think that's the great thing about an athletics mm-hmm. and trying to do your best is constantly learning. And sometimes you have to seek those answers and find people and talk to people. You know, it's not just going to come to you. You have to constantly be hungry and constantly want to improve um, in order to get the most out of yourself. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a great answer. And as we watch sports on TV, whether it's triathlon, football, baseball, it doesn't matter, tennis, it's the athletes. And here you are a, a decade of professional racing, which is incredible. It's those who adapt, evolve, and understand that, hey, our bodies are changing, and I can't maybe excel in the exact same thing that I did before, so what can I do to get that edge and make up for it? And those tend to be the ones who, at least I've seen, not to say we don't have injuries, but can remove ourselves from some injuries and then create this situation where we get to prolong our career. So yeah. it's nice to hear you say that, and it's so important, and the fact that you're aware that it's important to you. So nutrition, so important, so, so important. That's uh, that's really interesting. Now, was there that pressure of Beijing or bust? And I only say it that way because it, it in some people's minds, or at least when you see it in the media or read or hear, it's presented that way. Is it <laughs> is it like that? Is it like that? Or, I mean, sure, there's pressure. Sure, you want to be there, but... Just taking this example, Beijing or bust, or had you not made it, uh, you know, what was next where you had your education degree, all of this good stuff, what was that feeling going into the last year there, I guess I should say, before you qualified? Uh, you know, there's in triathlon, the nice thing about our sport, like, for, I, I believe, is triathlon in the Olympics is just kind of a, a little piece of the puzzle okay. depending on how you want to, to race. The first four years of my career were very focused on just the Olympic-style format and um, the, the Olympic-style ITU racing. Um, if I wouldn't have qualified, I mean, I'm sure I would have been very upset because it was so much of my focus, but there's, I think I would have understood that there's many different avenues in, in the triathlon career, right. and I can always try for the next one if I, if I want to. Um, Beijing or bust, I would say <laughs> I was very, very, very focused on that race, as I think, you know, all athletes that qualify, most athletes that qualify in the books are probably, you know, zeroed and focused for that race. Um, but at the same time, like I said, the great thing is about triathlon is there's great races in the U.S. different from the Olympic format that I had kind of got my foot in the door and started doing those races. And 
for me, I always like to keep everything in perspective. Um, I mean, triathlon and sports, I mean, this is just part of who I am, but it's not completely who I am. So, I mean, if I fall short of my goals, it's okay. I mean, I have, most importantly, my family and friends, and I mean, I think there's a journey in life that, you know, we're we don't know the path exactly where our path's going to go, but, you know, and at the time we don't know the reason that this path took us, but I feel like a few years down the line, you're like, oh, okay, I can see why, uh, you know, somehow I was led down this path and, and things make more sense. So um, I always try to remind myself that if things are really rough at that point in time, you have to keep in mind the big picture and know that there's a reason. Right. No, great words. Perspective, you mentioned earlier, discipline. These are so key, in my opinion, as we move forward. And it's nice to hear that you had that mental uh, attitude and mindset to to push through the Olympics, regardless um, of whether you made it or not. But you did make it, and you're over in Beijing. And I guess, you know, we, we ask a lot about what's it like over there. I'm going to actually focus on the opposite. What's it like coming back? What's it like when you come back <laughs> and what's going through your mind at that point? I realize and recognize there's other opportunities, uh, but there, there are at least, if I were to think about it, there might be this, uh, this, I don't know, a big sigh, so to say of, oh, wow, that was a, that was an experience. But where was your mind, if you recall, on that plane ride back? Yeah. Well, I got to take a week, uh, or at least it was five days just kind of off after the race and see some of the other events. So that was nice. Oh, cool. And, and- very cool. um, on the plane ride back, I, you know, we got upgraded and there was other athletes. I think the gymnasts were on my flight. So it's kind of funny being an athlete. You, you get a little starstruck by seeing the other athletes. Yeah. Um, I, so I remember that. But um, I, the funny thing was I, I came back a little early. I was just kind of back to business. I remember I had to be in Chicago. I didn't race, but one of my sponsors, uh, Toyota, they do a separate race series here in the U.S., and I wanted to be sure that I got back in time to fulfill my sponsorship obligation and, and work in the expo. So I went straight to Chicago, basically was home for one night, went straight to Chicago and worked in the expo, and I remember just being exhausted. I mean, the jet <laughs> lag, the time change. I remember um, in Chicago, I think, falling asleep at like 5 or 6 o'clock p.m., on the hotel room bed and just not able to keep my eyes open. <laughs> um, but um, as far as, you know, getting back into it mindset, like I still had some races left in my season. I had I had nationals in September and then I had some more races in um, some non-drafting races as part of that Toyota series in October. So I think as athletes were able to, you know, for me at the time, you're able to just kind of like, yeah, I just had the Olympics and it was an amazing experience. Not really process all of that yet, but just kind of get right back into the zone and say, okay, I have another race I need to prepare for. I had my little break. I had my recovery time. Um, and But let's do this. I mean, this is what we do. This is, this is my life, my career, my passion. So back to it. Yeah. Back to it. <laughs> so it's great because I like to hear that it, it, it continues. And of course, all of those watching the Olympics on TV, just like we, you know, at the time of this interview, we have the, the World Cup coming up and it's kind of like, okay, it's over. Turn off the TV and there everybody goes, right? They all disappear. 
Right. <laughs> but they don't. Right. They don't. And of course, I'm speaking about you and the thousands and thousands of other competitors that are out there. So back to business. Well, that's that's really uh, fascinating. And thank you for walking us through that because I've actually never asked that question on the show of what it's like to come back from the Olympics. I can see you just sitting there, eyes heavy, and got got to go to work again. <laughs> so yeah. good. And I think. And every sport's different. I mean, I know the swimming, it's like after Olympics, but their sport's just completely shut down. So it depends on the sport, but our sport, like I said, the Olympics is kind of just a piece of our our competition throughout the year. Yep. So we still have opportunities for competition when we come back. Yeah. No, oh, well, great. Thanks for clarifying that. So Sarah, a decade, you're going on a decade here. Any significant... Uh, choices or challenges that you've been faced with? And if so, what were they? And how did you take them on? Um, For me, I think some of my biggest challenges as far in the sports have been injuries. And I think a lot of athletes might attest to that. I think the hardest thing is when your body mentally really wants to be out on that race course, but physically your body's just not allowing you to be there. And and it's all learning, well, how did this injury happen? Why did this happen? Did I push my body too hard? Or what do I need to do differently? What do I need to do to get back as soon as possible? And your mind's just constantly thinking 24-7, well, how can I get this better? What should I do? Um, so for me, that's kind of the hardest part. And, and I've been at races where um, I've just had to watch from the sidelines and not be able to compete. And that's, that's tough mm. um, mentally. Um, I had a one injury that kind of set a tailspin. Um, I was racing in 2007 in Portugal, and I had a really bad ankle sprain where my foot kind of went into a crack and kind of snapped. And I fell during the race. I was able to get back up and still have a decent finish. But the next year and a half thereafter, I could just tell my body wasn't right. I'd have a lot of calf pain. By the end of that year and a half, like I was starting to have some tingling down my leg and I couldn't lift my big toe, and I was just really trying to get to the bottom of what was wrong. So at the end of 2008, um, beginning of 2009, I finally got to the bottom of it, and I had had a, a nerve entrapment due to that ankle sprain. I'd had, some, and had um, you know, just some lingering issues, and I um, had been trying to train and race through it, and then I finally had, you know, the issue resolve, so to speak. I had surgery in 2009, but once I had the surgery, this type of injury still had a couple years of lingering effects and strengthening and more injuries because I had had um, a weak, some weak, weakened muscles from the nerve injury. Right, right. Yeah, no, that it's, I can only imagine what that's like. I mean, just even as a person who likes to go to the gym and get an occasional jog in here and there and for for us out there that get those injuries it's really frustrating and then to mix that into what we do as a profession even I, I just can't I can't imagine it of, of that that how, how to bounce back from that but it sounds like you were resilient enough and hence your quote and getting the discipline to get back out there and to this day do you still feel that or is it pretty much recovered um it's it's pretty much recovered. I still have a, a little bit of compensation issues from, mm. from running with it for so long that I still work on to this day. And that's probably something that I will always have to work on if I am competing at this level. I mean, if I was just, you know, last year when I was pregnant and just um, enjoying exercising, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about the 
um, compensation, you know, issues. But yeah, this is to this day. I mean, I, I, it changed my body and, and I had to learn how to, um, you know, what, what I need to do. I mean, I now at, in my thirties, I have to focus a lot more on recovery, a lot more than in my twenties. So, you know, that's, I think part of it too, I massage and um, PT work and doing strength training is even more important now than it was five, eight years ago. Yep. Yep. No, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Now for, we have a lot of parents out there, a lot of moms, of course, a lot of dads and having a child. So you've had a child, it's been about 10 months now. And of course the, the time leading up to that, has anything in, changed? I, I asked the obvious a little bit here, but has anything changed in terms of uh, now now that uh, that you have a child and there's somebody another body to take care of in your family? Um, is it is it a little more tough to see yourself out there competing, or no, not at all? It's just uh, this is part of life, and of course this is my number one responsibility now. But I do have a profession, and I'm going to get right. back to it. Right. Well, um, this is this is how you know I support my family, so. Um, you know, for, for me, you know, it's, it's, I mean, like I feel just privileged and honored to get to do what I love to do. And then as far as having her, I mean, it's, it, it brings a whole new perspective when I'm away from her and I'm training, I think in my mind, you know, I'm away from her, you know, I, I really miss being with her at this moment in time. So I'm going to make the most I can out of myself. You know, I feel like if, if I'm away from her, I don't want to waste my time. I want to get the job done. I want to push myself even more. So I feel like she brings me a little extra motivation in the racing and the training. Um, and, I mean, there's obviously a, a few challenges. You know, it's a little bit tougher as far as scheduling. And, you know, I, I can't just, like, on a whim lay out my schedule for the week and know that's going to be my exact schedule. I mean, everything changes because her needs come first. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And I love that. I'm going to add the word efficiency to our list here of building words of the life lessons of sports because it does force you to say, hey, I want to go home. You know, I got a job to do here, but I want to go see my little one and uh, maybe look at your workouts a different way or the way you're training. And as you mentioned, being able to move back and forth helps with the, the weather and all of that comes into play as we get older, of course, and have such dear little uh, additions to our family. So it's it's really nice to hear. Well, we're going to head into overtime here. And in overtime, I'd like to ask some unique questions, find out a little bit more about you and just the way you think. Uh, the first one is, do you have a healthy habit, one that you either do eat, drink, nutrition-wise, anything that you do on a weekly or ba- uh, sorry, on a weekly or daily basis that you could share with our listeners? A healthy habit. Well, I do try to... Um, eat healthy. My husband um, makes me um, some smoothies. So he, he grinds up spinach and puts in some protein powder and adds in carrot juice and mm. beet juice. That's supposed to kind of help your help your um, aerobic capacity. So I have the healthy smoothies. But one thing that I do, I feel like really makes me feel, um, um, the bike makes me feel tight, but the opposite of biking, I started doing Pilates. And after having Caroline, my core getting stretched out, that's really helped my core become more stable and has helped me um, feel healthier in all my other sports. I feel um, less injury prone. Yeah, well, that's a good one. Pilates hurt a lot, and that is such a healthy exercise slash workout. So I'm glad you mentioned that one. Now, here's an interesting question that we always like to ask here. What do you know now 
that you wish you knew then. And you can define that however you want and whatever time period you want. So what do you know now that you wish you knew then? I would say um, make sure to enjoy the moment and know that it's okay to stop and smell the roses every once in a while. Uh-huh. That's a great answer. Stay in the present. Stay in the now. A lot of us are looking forward to the next, to the next, to the next. And would you say that just comes with maturity? I think so. Um, and it's hard. I think it's hard. I mean, even now, it's hard to, you know, think about, I need to hurry here, hurry here, do this or that. But um, really, I mean, if you just stay calm and stay in the now, I feel like you're actually going to get things done more efficiently and just enjoy everything a little bit more. Mm. Nice. Very good. So I'm going to test your pop culture here a little bit, but Sarah, I just Thanks. handed you, <laughs> I know, right? Parents always on this show, they go, oh, test my pop culture. I haven't done anything in, a, in two years. Uh, I just handed you a baseball bat. I put you in a major league baseball uniform and you're walking up to the plate. And I only paint this picture because this is what we commonly think of as we are playing a song. It's called our walk-up song as we head to the plate to face that pitcher. What is the song playing over the loudspeaker, Sarah, to get you in the proper mindset? Ooh, what song is playing? It's a big one. This is a big question in life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with um, like one of the Rocky songs, right? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like that. So many to choose from, too. You could put on the whole album there, and this would be a success. So, yeah. Like, I know. Or maybe like, um, hmm, that's a good one, because... Or I might even go with a little pink. Oh, really? Um, he likes uh-huh. to play. Yeah, he likes to to go there. I don't know. Um, probably <laughs> like I'm gonna have to go with the, like you know that we will we will rock you. There we go. Rock you. Nice. I feel like that's old school swimming. You know, come up to the starting blocks. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I can't even remember now who sings the song. Uh, Queen, I believe. Queen, there we go. Yeah. I'll just go with Queen and with the Rock You. I don't even know if that's the title. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that would, uh, you know, that that kind of gets you pumped up for any if whatever mood you're in. That'll get you pumped up, ready to to kill a workout. Definitely power of music. So thanks for answering that. Now, how about a favorite sports movie that you've enjoyed over the years? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say, um, hmm, I was going to say Prefontaine, but uh-huh. running or, um, or, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to go that, go with the running. Yeah. Prefontaine. It's a first on the show. I'm glad you brought it up actually. Great movie. Very good yeah. movie. Prefontaine. Check it out. Am I wrong that he and his coach were one of the, I guess one of the, I'm not going to call him the founder, so to say, but the coach of Nike. Is that correct? The I, Bob I, Bowman? Yeah. Am I close? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was kind of um, one of like the first guys, you know, like that was when they were starting out with making the racing flats and that's right and all that. Yeah. The, back in... 70s, I believe. Yeah, great, great movie, actually. Check it out, Who Are You Nation? Prefontaine. All right, how about a book that you've read recently or one that's just a classic in your library that you like to mention, sports or unsports related? doesn't matter. Um, uh, a book, let's see, sports or, or unsports related? Yeah. A book in my library. 
Well, recently I've been reading a lot of Jody Picoult okay. books. Like, and, and well, recently I have to say I haven't been reading at all. <laughs> right. um, but when I was doing, and I, she's probably one of my favorite authors. Um, there was just one that um, called My Sister's Keeper, and I, I don't know, it just kind of hit a lot of, touched me. I mean, it talks about family, and it just talks about values and really what's important and what, you know, what you'll do for your loved ones. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, how about if you're the host of the show, who are you? Life Lessons of Sports. Who's the first person you'd invite on to interview and why? Oh, who, who would I invite on Life Lessons to interview and yeah, why? Yeah, you're the host. Just gave you the I'm microphone. I'm the host. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking away. It's your show now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this could be anyone like like Anybody. living or past. Correct, correct. <laughs> we, have, we have special powers on this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Gosh, I, I'd almost say go back to like some of the early founders of our country and, um, you know, heck, why not we have George Washington yeah. president and just, um, because I feel like, you know, a lot of those ideals of, you know, what our country founded on and that, that entre- like you said, the entrepreneurial spirit and just kind of getting after and going after, um, I feel like that same, kind of the same values you got to go after, um, as a professional athlete. Yep. Yeah, I like that answer. There's your educational degree coming out right now. <laughs> Listen up, kids. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, foundation or charity that either you support or you'd like to acknowledge on the show? Yeah, one of the charities that I support is called Ginny's Light, and it's a charity that's started by um, a fellow triathlete of mine who's now retired. Okay. Um, but she started that charity after um it's um it's it's from her her sister and her uh her nephew okay great great we'll check that out and put it on our show notes so thank you for bringing yeah com. perfect okay great Great. Dot org, sorry. It's dot .org, okay. Dot .org, dot .org. All right, fantastic. And where can we connect or communicate with you? Blog, website, Twitter, are you on any of those or are not on any of those? <laughs> I am. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and I have a website, So, and I have a contact page on my website. So it's www.sarahaskins.com, and you can contact me with any questions, any, any triathletes out there who want to get started or any someone who's just looking to start their first 5k i noticed that on here tri-k coaching huh oh yep yep my husband has a has a little page there oh there he is all right i see him on here i'm, I'm trying to look for the prerequisites and qualifications to see if uh see if i qualify let's oh, see oh gosh yeah it, anyone can <laughs> anyone can submit a question and... fantastic no it's uh this is great really well thought out designed website here so I'm going to leave it a secret so you have to go visit it, but it even tells you your favorite ice cream on here. So, Yep. Oh, yeah. Got to have that. <laughs> Not telling anybody what it is. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. I do have one last question for you, but before I do, I just want to first of all congratulate you on everything that you've achieved so far in your life, and that includes a, a stable, healthy family and your newborn here who you brought into this world, and just such a balanced approach to not only your answers, but it sounds like your entire journey, and I really respect that, starting with your quotes. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you've been a part of 
of so many teams here, but uh, Who Are You Nation has its own team, and I want to welcome you into our Hall of Fame, which is coming on the show and sharing your experiences with us. So officially congratulate you. Thank you, Sarah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, you know, I really feel honored to be part of the great team. Yeah, no, it's great. And I do have one last question for you, and here's where we like to go behind the scenes. And if you don't mind, share one more story at your choice, whatever it may be, to share one more story just about you and experience you had or an encounter or just one of those memories that you've had to paint the picture a little bit more about who is Sarah Haskins. <laughs> Uh, my brother was going through a tough time, and I got him involved in sports, and it really helped him kind of come out of his tough times. And I think um, for a lot of people that are kind of struggling, I mean, we all have issues and we all have troubles, and um, I think the great thing about sports is it can find give people kind of purpose and reason. Who are you, Nation? Our guest is ready to go inside the locker room. Are you? Gain exclusive access to the story as well as those from all of our guests. Visit whoareyousports.com where there is a page dedicated especially for all of our listeners at Who Are You Nation. Until next time, please remember both in sports and in life that it's not all about the scoreboard so much as it is about our dedication to becoming a better teammate, healthier person, and adopting an efforts over results mindset.